0: Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you. It'll strengthen you and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. Genesis chapter 1, start with verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Say, have dominion. Have dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the, all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. As we shared on two Wednesdays and last Sunday, have dominion. That phrase means to rule and to subjugate. Say rule, Rule. subjugate. Of course, the word rule means to exercise ultimate power and authority over. The word subjugate means to bring under domination or control. Another word we saw in verse 28 is subdue, which means to bring into subjection and keep under. It means to bring into subjection and keep under. So that's a continual thing. One of the reasons we don't walk in greater dominion and authority is because we're sporadic with our exercise of authority. And if you want your dominion to increase, you need to regularly use the authority Jesus has given you. Go with me to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Let's have a bit more review. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. It says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Say, tend and keep it. The word tend means to cultivate or to work. We talked about the last Sunday. God expects you to cultivate everything he's put in your hands. Have you ever realized that a chair is not just created, it comes from some materials? Have you been upset about stuff in your life because you haven't seen what you wanted? But God gave you the materials. He doesn't put it together yet. The word keep means to guard and to care. It means to guard and to care for. If you have to guard it, that means somebody's going to try to take it. You do have an enemy. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So you have to guard what God has given you You must cultivate it, and you must walk in dominion. Say, walk in dominion. A little bit more review. We said this before. The original assignment was to cultivate and guard what they had been given, but it was also to expand their dominion over the entire planet. They were given dominion over the ground itself and all of the things in the air as well. So remember, the Garden of Eden, although it was a large, enclosed garden that covered parts of the Middle East and Africa and other places, it wasn't the entire planet. Their job was to walk in dominion and expand the garden. So notice it said God put Adam and Eve in the garden to dress it and to keep it. They said to post a cultivator, right? The word cultivate also means to improve. What does improve mean? Make it better, right? You might think, well, that's a, you know, it was the garden of God. It was perfect. True. It was great. True. But God said, make it better, which lets you know the heart of your father. The worst he ever intended for mankind to experience was the garden of Eden. It was only supposed to get better from there. Let me say that again, because some of you are like, well, say what? The worst God ever intended for mankind to experience was the garden of Eden. It was supposed to get better from there. That's why he told them cultivate it, guard it, walk in your dominion. If you do not operate in your dominion in your original assignment, you will not be able to expand the areas of your dominion because they didn't operate in their dominion in the garden. They lost the garden, and they weren't able to turn the rest of the world into a garden. Your authority is not random. Your authority is connected to your assignment. Say, my authority. It is not random. My authority is connected to my assignment. That's why when you're where you're supposed to be and you open your mouth and you say stuff, the enemy has to move. But when you're trying to do something else, be somebody else, and do what God has not called you to do, you're resisting the devil and he won't run because you're not submitted to the plan of God for your life. Your authority is not random. It's connected to your assignment, and the ultimate exercise of your authority will flow as you're submitted to God where you're supposed to be. Your assignment has expansion potential. Say, my assignment has expansion potential. Because remember, if God told them to cultivate the garden and expand the garden, that although they started good, he had more for them. You may be good right now, but I'm telling you, God still has more for you. Because why would you need to expand the garden? There's only two people there. Then... But God had more people in mind. Come on, when your assignment expands and you operate in your dominion and you're transforming things into the Garden of Eden and better, guess what? More people than you and your four are blessed. Every assignment has expansion potential. That word blessing, to bless means to be empowered to prosper. It means to be, then he said to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. God has expansion and increase on his mind. Why? Because when you expand, when you increase, somebody else encounters his goodness. Somebody else encounters his love. It's not just enough for you to have enough for yourself. Because if you only have enough for yourself, how can you help anybody else? Your assignment has expansion potential. So we said you must rule, you must subjugate, you must cultivate, and you must guard. So let's go to Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18. Your assignment has expansion potential. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18. Of course, you're reading through Proverbs this month. So Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18. It says, but the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The Amplified Classic Edition says it this way, but the path of the uncompromisingly just and righteous is like the light of dawn that shines more and more brighter and clearer until it reaches its full strength and glory and the perfect day to be prepared." Another translation compares it to like it's the sun rising until it gets to its full strength at noonday. What is saying? The path God has for you is supposed to get brighter. The path God has for you is supposed to get better. How you start is not how you're supposed to finish. Say, the path God has for me is supposed to get better. It's supposed to get better. It's supposed to get brighter. It's supposed to get elevated. God doesn't want you to stay in the same place forever. Your path is supposed to get better. It's supposed to go higher. It's supposed to get brighter. Go to Psalm 84. Because I'm talking to some of you today who feel stuck. And some of you feel stuck because you stuck yourself. I'm talking to some of you who have settled. Because it says, I've done enough. I've gone far enough. I'm talking to some of you today who said, I'm too old. I'm too tired. I'm to this. I'm to that. I'm talking to you today. Your path is supposed to get better. Your path is supposed to get brighter. You're supposed to go higher. God has more for you because your assignment has expansion potential. And once you expand, once you go higher, once you get brighter, more people will come to know Jesus. So for you tired people, Psalm 84, verse 4. Notice what the psalmist says. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Say, loud. pause and think about that. Those who dwell with God. So keep on praising him. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, They make it a spring. You know what's interesting? Baca means the valley of weeping. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it becomes a refreshed place. Those whose strength is in God, whose focus on God, who stay praising God, they may go through the valley of weeping, but when they go, it's going to be transformed. Yea, though you may walk through the valley of death, somebody is with you. Although you are in the shadow of death, somebody is with you. You can look at the shadow and think you're in darkness, or you can look at your shepherd who is with you and see the brilliance of the sun. What are you looking at? What are you focusing on? Inflation, yeah, it's there. Oh, it could be a recession. Yep, Probably. Did you hear what the White House said? Yep. What about Wall Street? Yep. Did you see your stocks? Yep. Yep. Saw all of that. What about crypto? Yep. Saw that too. So I can either focus on that or focus on the God who says, my name is Jehovah Jireh. I'm the God who sees and provides. Or focus on when he said, I am your shepherd. You shall not lack. What is your focus today? Who has your attention today? Because if you always focus on your surroundings, you won't go forward in your path. Come on, we all know people who always say, well, how are you doing? I'm going through. Well, you going through last year and the year before that and the year before that and the year before that. When are you going to get out? Because if you always focus on that instead of walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you build a resort. you get rewards each year of how long you've been there. It's time to go forward. It's time to go on out. It's time to go forward in what God has called you to do. It says, the rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer, give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. They go from strength to strength and that's not just for the young people or the people always in the gym those who strength is in God those who always praise God those who focus on God they're supposed to go from strength to strength you're not supposed to decrease in strength just because you retired you should be getting stronger Strength to strength. Go with me to Psalm ninety for you, tired people. (laughs) Psalm ninety, Verse nine. For all our days are passed away in your wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, so seventy. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, so eighty. Yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Now this is not the scripture you stand on for your life. This psalm is a judgment psalm. It is a song in response to judgment and wrath. What is it talking about? The children of Israel who would not believe God, who decided to go their own way, and God told them, fine, you can have it your way. You said, would God we died in the desert? You can die in the desert. And the oldest they could get was 70, or if they had some strength, they could get to 80. Outside of that, they were done. So you say, well, God's promised is 70, 80 years. Yeah, if you're living under judgment and wrath, but that's not us. That's not for you. What's for you? Psalm 91, verse 16. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Well, how long is that? Keep living. You keep living and you live well. You live good till you get satisfied. It's not 7080. To that's too young. I said, that's too young. 70, 80, that's too young. He wants you to live a long life that you're satisfied with. But the reason I showed you that scripture in Psalm 90 is so notice what you said, that even under times of judgment and wrath, most people were out by 70, but if they had some type of strength, they could get to 80. And if that was true under a time of judgment and wrath, How much more is it true today in the age of grace? See, if you have strength, you can get to another decade. Come on, if you have strength, you can go to the next decade. And those who walk with God go from strength to strength. So if you want to see another decade, it's time for you to up your strength. Come on, if you want to add another decade to your life, it's time to go from strength to strength. And something else in Scripture says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so if you want to go to another decade, you need to start smiling more. You need to start laughing more. It's time for you to get happy. Stop being so sad. You're sad and sanctified. No, saved and sanctified, not sad and sanctified. Get your joy back. God has good plans for your life. It's time to smile in the face of the enemy. It's time to laugh in the face of everything going on in the world. It's time to choose the joy of the Lord. Strength to strength. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Strength to strength. Not going down in strength. More strength. Supernatural strength. Come on, didn't the Bible says he, it's Psalm 103. Let's put our eyes on it. We'll go to 2 Corinthians and put our eyes on Psalm 103. Some of you still thinking, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Psalm 103. <laughs> Psalm 103. Earlier in the Psalm says he daily loads us up with benefits. So Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all, all his benefits. Who forgives all thine iniquities? Who heals all thy diseases? Who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Stop saying you're so old. Your youth is renewed. I still remember when I was a youth pastor years ago in Texas. And one of our kids turned 18, and this I said, Oh, I'm so old. He's like, Excuse me? <laughs> it's like, I'm just not as young as I used to be. You are 18. But I'm sure that's how the Holy Ghost looks at some of you who hit 80. Oh, I'm so old. You just 80. Go to Isaiah. Strength to strength. Isaiah 40. God's got more for you. It's time to up your strength. Isaiah 40. Verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not. He doesn't get tired. There's no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and get tired. And the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait on the Lord. Come on, waiting doesn't mean just sitting there. It means to wait expectantly. I like what Reverend Tim Story said years ago. He says to do the bus stop. He said he was in another state in a neighborhood. And he's walking through that neighborhood, and it was a neighborhood that you want to get out of by a certain time of night. And he says he saw he walked up to the bus stop, and he saw everybody at the bus stop. They weren't sitting normally. They were sitting with a lean. And he's like, he's like, I know a good example when I see one. So he said, well, what are you guys waiting for? He says, I'm waiting for a bus number, such and such, such and such, it gets here, such and such, such, such time. He knew the time and the number. He was waiting, but not just waiting normally. He was waiting in great expectation. When you wait on the Lord, not just saying, well, I'm doing nothing. No, you're waiting in great expectation. Those who wait on God in that great expectation type of waiting shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Say, so He has strength for me. You might say, Well, the last two years have been a lot. Yep, but He's got strength for you. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Your assignment has expansion potential. 2 Corinthians 3:19 But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image say same image. From glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. See, when you look at the glory, the glory in the Word of God, the glory in your relationship with Jesus, the glory that comes in here during the experiences, you're transformed. What do you mean? You look more like Jesus after you encounter Him. That's why we like to call our gatherings, our services, experiences, because we want you to experience Him. Because when you experience him, you leave looking more like him, sounding more like him, talking more like him, acting more like him, thinking more like him, loving more like him, forgiving more like him when you encounter him. Because if you only heard about him, your reality of walking it out is low. But if you've encountered him, if you've experienced him, if you've met him, if you ran into him, your life changes. And the more encounters, the more experiences, the higher you live. And what happens? You go from glory to glory. So, what you've seen before is good, but it ain't it. Even in the wonderful revivals of the past, it was good, but that ain't it. Glory to glory. Strength to strength. God has more. Say God has more. God has more. See, I've heard it said before by many people in many generations that sometimes it's hard for people who are successful in the past to have success in the future, because they get satisfied with previous success. and they keep doing things the way they used to do it because it works and they miss out on the future God has for them. And sadly, some of them fight what God is doing today while they make a memorial to what he did yesterday. And they miss what God has for your future. God has more, but you gotta follow the spirit of God. So many times we become married to methods and we miss out what God wants you to do. So, what God used that method before, yes, but that doesn't mean you have to stay with that same method. You stay with the Word of God forever and ever, you never leave the book. But the way He has you do things in your calling, in your path, and your life can change. I love to use an example of Elijah who was at the brook until the brook dried up. And then God said, Go to Zarephath. But some of you don't want to go to Zarephath, you like the brook, you like camping. You like Uber Eats being delivered. I don't want to go to Zarephath. I don't want to go where the widow has to stay. me. I want to stay right here. It's my new comfort zone. But God has called you out of your comfort zone because he's given you a comforter. And if you stay at that brook, you can do all your faith confessions, praise, and backflip, and do all the stuff you want to do, but that brook will stay dry because you're not where God wants you to be. Some of you have run into issues because you haven't moved forward on what God has told you to do. You say, well, I've been obedient to what he told you to do 10 years ago. Why haven't you done what he told you to do today? It's going comfortable. It's new. I don't like it. But if you want what God has for you, you got to keep moving forward with the Holy Ghost. I'm not telling you create something on your own. I'm telling you seek the face of God. You get his instructions and you move forward with the spirit of God. He has more because your assignment has expansion potential. Go to Romans chapter 1 verse 17. Romans chapter 1 verse 17. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Faith is more than a moment. It's more than a movement. It is a lifestyle. And it is a lifestyle that pleases God. And we see in this scripture, you're supposed to go from faith to faith. So it's not good enough to say, well, you know, I have faith once. Well, what about today? And faith is something that is continually released, continually used, that means you have to keep stocking up on it. But not only stock up on it, you have to stock up more so you can go to another level of faith so that you can use your faith. And keep using your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that means you got to stay in the word and hear the word and act on the word and speak on the word and act like the word is true and celebrate on the word. And after you get the miracle, you keep building your faith continually, 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 continually building your faith so you can carry what God wants you to carry. Because what he has for you to carry is greater than what you carried before where there are some things you carry that are spiritual, and if you don't build your faith, you can't hold it. You have to increase in faith so you can walk in the ways God has for you. Everything about your life is not just about what you can see and experience with your senses. There is another world. And the way you walk in victory in that world is your faith, for this is the victory that overcomes the world's systems. Well, what are the world's systems? There's different mountains in society. And those mountains are infested with devils. And the way you overcome every devil, every demon, every system, everything that would try to keep you from what God has for you is your faith in God. Do not let the world distract you. Do not put your trust in princes as the scripture says. Put your faith in God. Well, what if this party wins? So? What if that party wins? And? What if that person gets elected? Well, they get elected. God did not fall off the throne. If we're going to be faith people, we might as well be faith people. And actually believe the Bible is true. That no matter who's in office, who's in Congress, who's on the Supreme Court, who's over here, who's over there, let God be true and every man will be a liar. If the scripture is true, it'll be true no matter who's in office. Do not let the world, its media, or anybody else get you out of your faith in God. It's time to increase in faith. See, we don't run from the situations in this world. We can handle them because we're faith people. So, oh, we're going back to worse racial conditions. Uh, says who? No. No. Well, what do you have to say about it? No. That's what I say. No. Why? We're here. Well, our county's going down. No. No. What do you have to say that? No. why? We're here. Well, our school's going to get worse. No. Why?? Wait. No. So we don't run for problems. We take them head- on. We're not those who ignore it and put our head in the sand with we ostriches. He said, "Be like eagles, not ostriches. And we're not those who run into a prayer closet. "Ooh, come back, click click, Jesus, Jesus is getting bad. Come on, Jesus, come on, Jesus, I Jesus!" No, yes, we want him to return, but not because it's gotten bad. We want him to return because we love him. But until he shows up, we walk in victory. Until he shows up, we are the salt of the earth. Until he shows up, we are the light of the world. Until he shows up, we walk in dominion. Until he shows up, we occupy. We don't run away, we're faith people. We go from strength to strength, glory to glory, faith to faith. Go with me to Haggai chapter 2. Our path is supposed to shine more. It's supposed to shine brighter. It's supposed to get better. You're supposed to increase in influence. Haggai chapter 2. Haggai chapter 2. First three. Now one of the things you read about Haggai and Zechariah and reading places about the contemporaries of that time was that the temple, original temple that Solomon built with all the gold and all the wonderful stuff that was literally inhabited by the glory of God, the cloud, the fire, all these wonderful things was destroyed. And guess what happened after that? They were removed from the lands. Now the people have come back and there's two generations living. One generation that saw the original temple, and the other generation that was born in captivity. And so when they built that temple, the older generation wept because it's not like what it used to be. It's not like it was back in my day. The other generation was excited to have a temple. So the Holy Ghost speaks through this prophet in Haggai chapter 2, verse 3. He says, Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? In comparison with it, is this not in your eyes as nothing? Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord. And be strong, Joshua, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord. And work. So quiet on that one, I got amens everything else. (laughs) And be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord. And work. For I am with you, says the Lord of hosts, according to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I'll shake all nations, they shall come to the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple with glory says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. The former will not be greater than the latter. Your ladder shall be greater than your former. See, in this new temple they built, and that was going to be expanded on, they didn't get it yet, but guess who walked in that new temple? Jesus. Guess who was dedicated in that temple? Jesus. Guess who taught in that temple? Jesus. Guess who healed in that temple? Jesus. It was greater. They didn't just get it yet. And why do you have to say the silver and gold is mine? because they remembered all the gold and the silver of the old temple. And God said, I still got it. It still belongs to me. But you need to make sure you don't get stuck back in the day. See, I was getting my hair cut yesterday, and when I go places, I'm usually not that talkative. I'm always listening and just observing and watching and listening, observing, and watching. And this is one of the things I was just watching. One of the barbers was talking to one of the young men about certain goals he wanted to do. And the guy was saying, you know, back in my day, and the barber interrupted him, back in your day, you barely 20. <laughs> and then he told him, you are too young to be a has-been. And I told him after I said, you just name my message for tomorrow. Because too many of you are stuck back in the day. And you are too young to be a has-been because God has more for you. You are not a has-been because if you get stuck back in the day, you'll never move into your future. God has more for you. He has more strength, more glory, more faith. Your life's supposed to get better. It's supposed to shine brighter. It's supposed to go forward. Don't get stuck in what you've seen. Don't get caught in what used to be. Go to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Notice what it says here. We're going to start at verse 4. Philippians chapter 3, verse 4. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinks that he has whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Since I'll circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, I was a Pharisee. Y'all thought you knew the law, but I had it mastered. I was a Pharisee, boy. Notice what it says next. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. I believed in so much, I went after y'all. Remember who he's talking to. Touching the righteous without which is in the law, blameless. Nobody could hold anything against me. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. All of those things that gave me all the status of what my past used to be, what I held on to, I count that as my past. I counted loss for Christ. Notice what he goes on and says, verse eight. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I suffer the loss of all things and do count them but dung. All of that, that's trash compared to what I want that I may win or obtain Christ. Now, Christ is talking about, remember, Christ is not Jesus' last name. It describes who he is. He is the anointing when he has the anointing. So when you're reading the scriptures, sometimes it's talking about Jesus the Christ, and other times it's talking about the anointing. And Paul said, I am after the anointing. I'm after the power of God. What I saw before, that doesn't compare to the anointing. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. Because remember, the righteousness which you can do is as filthy rags, the Scripture says. But what righteousness does he want? The, what is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Why? That I may know him. He might say, well, if anybody knew Jesus, Paul pred- Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. If somebody, Jesus appeared to Paul. Well, Paul says, that's not enough. I really want to know him. Come on. Yeah, I know him. I've written two-thirds of the New Testament, but I want more. Yeah, I've seen him. Yes, I've experienced him, but I want more. He has more. He says, all that in my past, that's done because I want more. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want more of that power that raised him from the dead. I want to experience that power. I want to press into that power. That power is not just reserved for that day. That power is for my life. I I want more. I want to know him and I want to know that power. He might say, well, Paul, you've done miracles. Paul, you've raised people from the dead. Paul, you got up from the dead yourself. Paul, you've experienced a lot. Be satisfied, content, go sit down and have some tea or something. Well, Paul said, no, there's more. And then notice what he said next. And the fellowship or, his, or the partnership of his sufferings. Well, what is that? Because, you know, we usually get quiet on that part and read it really quickly. Fellowship is partnership of my part in his sufferings. Well, you're not responsible to bear anything that Jesus carried on the cross. If Jesus carried it, you don't carry it. He carried your sin, so you don't carry it. He carried your sickness, so you don't carry it. He carried the curse, so you don't carry it. So what is your part? Part one of your part is resisting everything Jesus bore. Another part of your part is loving, unlovable people. Walking in love and forgiving when people get on your nerves and you won't do anything but. That's your part. Living well and living right and living holy even when people talk about you. That's your part. You not giving up and going back to the ways of the world just because people are talking about you. That's your part. You counting the future God has for you better than the past in the world. That's your part. And even if it gets uncomfortable, even if the pressure of the affliction and the pressure of the persecution is tight, you don't give in to the suffering because you know the future God has for you. Or as Paul said another way, your affliction is momentary. And it is light. So what you're facing today is not your always. It is not your forever. It is temporary and it is light. You will get through this. You will beat this. You will overcome this. You will get to your better because God has more for you. being made conformable, conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I have already ta- attained, like I've already made it. You might think if anybody already made it, this dude has made it, but he says that's not how I live. Either that I was already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that which I am also apprehended of in Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to apprehend it. I don't count myself as getting there. But this one thing, here's the one thing i got. Because notice, I do as a taliside. Here's the one thing I've got. I forget what's behind. Come on. Paul said, here's what I've mastered. Forgetting what's behind me. Because if anybody had a past to forget, it is this man. He wrote down, I persecuted the church. He was there when Stephen was getting stoned. I'm not talking about getting high. I'm talking about getting rocks pelted at his head. He was right there. He was a terrorist. Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and said, look. Because some of you read it, so King James, like, oh, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. He's like, look, one more game. Then it's me and you. That's what Jesus said when he appeared to him. He says, why are you persecuting me? Jesus takes it personal when people mess with you. He says, why are you messing with me? It's hard for you to kick against the bricks. And you know what Paul did? One of the quickest conversions in history. Who are you, Lord? <laughs> Man, save, save So what do I do? And God gave him his instructions. But you notice know something that Jesus never brought Paul's past up again? And Paul said, this one thing I've gotten, I forget my past. Because my past does not determine my future. Because if you stay in your past, and I always talk about back in your day, you're letting your past dictate your future. And you'll never move forward into what God has for you. Say, my past is done with. See, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the blood of Jesus has washed away all your sins. So what you did before is irrelevant. It has no power or authority over your future. But if you always stay back in the day, you won't move into what God has for you. See, my cousin likes to say it this way, God has a future for you. But don't trade out your future because you live in the past. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Because if you always stay back in the day, you'll never reach toward the future. You might say, well, Paul, you've attained a lot. You've done a lot. Why do you have to go into your future? He's like, he's got more. He's got more. So verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I press. If anybody knew about pressing, Paul knew about pressing because after everything he went through, he kept going forward. He didn't let persecution or affliction stop him. Look, he was shipwrecked. We know about one of the times in the gospels, but it talks about even more when he's writing his letters. He was shipwrecked, multiple times. So after one, no more boats for me. But multiple times, he spent, I spent a full day floating in the water. The Bible doesn't say he could swim, so we don't know what he was clutching to. But he said, I press. Come on, the persecution. People chasing him out of cities. You may have some haters, but who has chased you out of a city recently? Come on, there was a group of 40 men who said, we will not eat until we kill Paul. You may have haters, but when's the last time people said, we won't eat any Chick-fil-A until we kill you? But Paul said... I press. One of the times the city took him outside and stoned him until he stopped moving, pelted him with rocks, and hit his head until he died. And all the disciples got around him. You know, they're wondering what we're gonna do. Paul's gone. And as they stood around him, do you know what the scripture says? Paul got up, went back into the city that just killed him and woke up the next morning and went to the next city. You would think you would take a break. Dude, you just came back alive. Bro, PTO time, they just killed you. Paul said, I press. With every resistance, every affliction, everything he ran into said, I press. Why would you press? Because your future is worth it. You don't press if you've settled. You don't press if you don't have hope for tomorrow. You don't press if you don't believe better things are ahead. But you press because you know that getting through this circumstance, this situation, this affliction, this persecution is worth it because there's something better on the other side. It may be suffering today. It may be inconvenient today. It may be annoying today. But it's worth pressing. It's worth pressing. Pushing It's worth working to get to the future God has for me. You have to press. You've come too far to give up now. You've come too far to quit now. You've come too far to stop now. You've come too far to settle now. It's time to press. Go to Joshua 14, Joshua 14, Joshua 14, we'll start in verse 6, Joshua 14 verse 6, then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Cadiz Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Cadiz Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me. Kept me. The Lord has kept me. You think about all the stuff you've been through. The Lord has kept you. Because there's so many things that could have taken you out. So many betrayals that could have taken you down. So many sicknesses that could have removed you from here. So many attacks of the enemy. So many things of your own foolishness that could have taken you out. Yet the Lord has kept you alive. You've been kept. As he said, So Caleb is walking out what God told him. Because we talk about Psalm 90, which was a psalm of judgment. But God says it's going to happen to all y'all but Joshua and Caleb and those 20 and under. Everybody else, this is going to be your result. But Joshua and Caleb, I got you. See, some of you have been delayed and it wasn't your fault. See, Joshua and Caleb were delayed. It wasn't their fault. It was everybody else's fault, but it wasn't theirs. And they're saying, this might take some time. God said exactly how many years it was going to take. But God said, in the meantime, I got you. Yeah, it's delayed, but I got you. Yeah, it's taking some time, but it's not over. I got you. These 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am, 85 years old, as yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so is my strength for war. No, 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 no. It's like I'm strong, so I'm, just re- I'm retired. No, I'm strong, and I'm fighting with the young bucks. both for going out and coming back. And I don't go out to where I come back. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoken that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. And it may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed them and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Now, the Anakim, they were giants. These were the leading warrior giants of that day. And they lived in a mountain, and the mountain was surrounded by four to five cities. It was the hardest place and the promised land to take. Now, what does this 85-year-old say who's been kept by God? Give it to me. I want that mountain that mountain intimidated my brothers I want it I want those cities not just for me but I want those cities because I'm going to give it to my kids I want that because I'm going to give it to I want that mountain and I will drive them out if the Lord is with me we know the Lord was with them and Caleb drove them out this senior citizen Some of y'all saying, I'm tired. And Caleb said, I'm as strong as I was when I was in my 40s. The Lord has kept me. And I want that mountain. Too many people begin to settle once they've hit a certain level of success or a certain age. Or they've hit a certain level of disappointment. And they settle. And never press. But you got to be like Caleb and dream again. Yeah, you may have accomplished a lot in your life, but it's time to dream again. Because your assignment has expansion potential. See, if anybody who could have lived back in the day, it was Caleb. Well, back in my day, I was in Egypt, literally. Back in my day, I was a slave in Egypt. Back in my day, God delivered us. Back in my day, we crossed the Red Sea. Back in my day, God sent manna from heaven. Back in my day, quail flew in and fed us all. Back in my day, the people lost their minds and rebelled against God. Back in my day, we walked around the wilderness for 40 years. Back in my day, he if anybody had a reason to stay back in his day and be a has-been, it is Caleb, because none of that was his fault. But instead of getting stuck back in the day, instead of becoming a has-been, he said, give me this mountain. God has a future for you. It's time for you to take a mountain. It's time for you to get unstuck. It's time for you to stop settling. It's time for you to go after what God has for you. It's time for you to get back up again. It's time for you to run again. It's time for you to dream again. It's time for you to hope again. It's time for you to press again. It's time for you to go from strength to strength, from glory to glory, from faith to faith, because God has more for you. This is not the time to quit. This is not the time to give up. Our finest hour has arrived. I remember 20 years ago, and it's kind of like, man, 20 years ago, we used to sing the song by Israel Holton, your ladder will be greater. Your ladder will be greater. Come on, He even came here for New Year's one time. Your ladder will be greater. Your ladder will be greater. And then those refrains, they just kept singing, your best is yet to come. Your best is yet to come. Your best is yet to come. You have to start believing that again. Your best is yet to come. Yeah, you may have seen some stuff, but your best is yet to come. Yeah, you may have gone through some stuff, but your best is yet to come. Yeah, you may have had some victories, but your best is yet to come. Yeah, you may have had some setbacks, but your best is yet to come. So, but it's taken a long time. Your best is still yet to come. Think about this, because I'm sure all of you are about hungry by now. For those of you who like well-seasoned food, Do you like food that has just sprinkled some season on and they cook it and serve it? Or do you want some that's been seasoned for a little while, that they start seasoning yesterday or the day before and they let it sit for a while, let it marinate a little bit, let it set for a little bit, and then they cook it and serve it? Do you want the sprinkle-sprinkle or do you want some time put into the food you're about to receive? Somebody said it's taken a while. You've been seasoned. He said, it's taken a while. You've been sad. Now it's time to serve. Because your call is a call of service. Do you know what it said about David? After he died, he said he served his generation. Come on, your call is an extension of the ministry of Jesus. It's time for you to serve your generation the, God, the way God created you to be. Under the anointing he's created you to operate in. Because you can do all things through Christ, through Jesus and his anointing that gives you strength. There's anointing for your assignment. Whatever God has called you to do, wherever he has called you to be, whatever career he has placed you in, there is an empowerment from God to do it. And that power is creative. So, in whatever you're called to be, you can be innovative, because you got the Holy Ghost and you're anointed. The anointing is not just for church. It's not just for preachers, or singers, or for the goosebumps. The anointing is for every day. And how many of you call yourself a Christian? Do you know what? Every time you call yourself a Christian, you're saying, "I'm anointed." Come on, you can't call yourself a Christian not be anointed. And I call yourself anointed. If you are a Christian, you are anointed. You've received an anointing, an unction from the Holy One. You are anointed. You're anointed for such a time as this. So, well, all these things are getting really bad. That's why you're here. You weren't meant for the day of Moses and Caleb. You weren't meant for the day of Elijah and Elisha. You weren't meant for the days of Esther. You weren't meant for the days of Peter, James, and John. You were meant for such a time as this, and you are anointed for such a time as this, and you must press into the future God has for you. You can't stop. You can't stop. So that means you got to watch your mouth. Stop saying you're tired. Stop saying you're too old. Stop saying back in my day. Stop. There's better. He's got more. He's got a future for you. And it's good. As he told the prophet, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans of peace. Plans of good. Plans to give you a future that you would hope for or what is called an expected end. So it's time to get moving. Amen, I believe today's message encourages you, It strengthens you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the Metro Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at FCCGA.com. Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You can also visit us on our social media pages, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook,